Is the Bible the Word of God, or is it merely the writings of delusional men? According to one of today's most outspoken anti-God crusaders, it's the latter. One can hear the disdain coming from Richard Dawkins when he declared in The God Delusion, To be fair, much of the Bible is not systematically evil, but just plain weird. As you would expect of a chaotically cobbled together anthology of disjointed documents, composed, revised, translated, distorted, and, quote, improved by hundreds of anonymous authors, editors, and copyists, unknown to us and mostly unknown to each other, spanning nine centuries. On the surface, Dawkins may sound good to those who have an anti-biblical bias or are simply ignorant of the Bible, but his facts are not quite correct, and he fails to see the overall picture and the unity of thought found in this remarkable book. So what is the answer to the question? Is the book we know of as the Bible the Word of God or the work of men? I'll answer this question today on Tomorrow's World and give you three reasons you can have confidence in the Bible. And I'll also be offering a resource to further strengthen your understanding. So be sure to have writing material available on how to receive a free copy of the Bible, Fact or Fiction. And stay tuned as I'll be right back. A warm welcome to all of you from all of us here at Tomorrow's World. I'm happy you're joining us today because you need to know the answer to the question, is the book that we call the Bible the Word of God or the work of mere men? You may believe that it is or that it isn't, but have you not just believed, but have you proved the answer to this question for yourself? You need to know for sure because how you answer this question has a great impact on how you live your life. Is this book reliable? Can you count on its teachings and its promises, such as the promise of life after death? You need to prove this one way or the other, and I'm asserting today that you can prove the Bible is more than the work of mere men. It's the work of the Creator of life the one who knows best how we ought to live our lives, and the one who has a plan for you and for me. To accompany today's program, we're offering you a resource that gives even more information on this subject. So be sure to take down the contact information that will be shown at different times during this program to receive a free copy of The Bible, Fact or Fiction. Where do we start improving the Bible? The answer is that we start with whether there is a God who inspired it. To prove the Bible, we have to prove God. So reason number one, the author of the Bible is real, and you can prove his existence. The theory of evolution has become a great destroyer of faith, and from a very young age, we are bombarded in nature programs and in school with the idea that life wasn't created but as a result of evolutionary processes. And individuals such as Dawkins ridicule those who believe in God. Faith is the great cop-out, the great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. 
Faith is a belief in spite of, even perhaps because of, the lack of evidence. In the mind of Dawkins, belief in God is based on blind faith. But evolution, on the other hand, is founded on factual evidence. However, not all evolutionists share his disdain, but recognize that evolution also requires faith. In a February 13, 1993 annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, in which the topic under discussion was how to deal with the new anti-evolutionism, Michael Ruse, a giant in the field of evolution and philosophy, made the following revealing statement. And certainly there's no doubt about it that in the past, and I think also in the present, for many evolutionists, evolution has functioned as something with elements which are, let us say, akin to being a secular religion. Now, lest any misunderstand, Ruse is a hardline evolutionist and he made that abundantly clear in his symposium speech and in his answers to questions presented to him. Yet he continued with his admissions that evolution is a secular religion. But I am coming here and saying, I think that philosophically that one should be sensitive to what I think history shows, namely that evolution, akin to religion, involves making certain a priori or metaphysical assumptions which at some level cannot be proven empirically. While Dawkins and many others ridicule faith in God as lacking evidence, it would serve them well, as Ruse was trying to explain to those in attendance at the symposium, to look in the mirror and admit their own faith in their Darwinian God. Now we cannot prove that God exists by disproving evolution, but frankly, what are the alternatives? If evolution is shown to be a false religion, maybe one needs to look more closely at that alternative. This brings me to a crucial point of scientific fact. Before evolution, you must have life, and life rising spontaneously is simply impossible. And I'll show you why this is the case in a moment. But I want to introduce you to Dr. Douglas Winnale's valuable resource, The Bible, Fact or Fiction. This valuable resource, The Bible, Fact or Fiction, can be yours for the asking. Just pick up the phone and let us know you want a copy of today's offer. That's all you need to say. Or you can go to our website, tomorrowsworld.org, to receive a free copy. And when I return, I'll show you why life rising spontaneously is just not going to happen. Dive deeper into God's Word with today's free offer. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to TWTV.org Bible. Experience the excitement and fulfillment that comes through a better understanding of God's Word. This offer, backed by the truth of Scripture, will guide you in your study of the Bible. The timeless material is straightforward, easy to understand, and will strengthen your knowledge of this important topic. We want you to understand the truth of Scripture and believe it should never be sold. That is why we are making this available to you absolutely free. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Ten inspiring issues full of news, science, and historical articles will help you make sense of your world through the pages of the Bible. 
People around the world are turning to Tomorrow's World as their one source for truth, prophecy, and hope. Call now. Welcome back. On today's Tomorrow's World program, we're answering the question, is the book we call the Bible the Word of God or the work of mere men? But to be the Word of God, one must know that God exists. So before the break, I said I would show you why life rising spontaneously is just not going to happen. Now, we must admit that disproving evolution does not prove God. But it does force us to ask the question, if we didn't evolve, then how did we get here? Life evolving from some primordial soup sounds so inviting, a sure thing. Give the right conditions and it has to happen. But does it? How easy is it to put together a living organism, no matter how simple? Michael Denton highlights what all knowledgeable biologists must admit. Life is complex beyond belief. Although the tiniest bacterial cells are incredibly small, each is, in effect, a veritable micro-miniaturized factory containing thousands of exquisitely designed pieces of intricate molecular machinery, far more complicated than any machine built by man and absolutely without parallel in the non-living world. Now think about that. The tiniest bacterial cells are far more complicated than any machine built by man. And that, my friends, is no exaggeration. He states further, the complexity of the simplest known type of cell is so great that it is impossible to accept that such an object could have been thrown together suddenly by some kind of freakish, vastly improbable event. Such an occurrence would be indistinguishable from a miracle. The next time a news report comes out about finding water on some distant rock, as though that's all that's needed for life, consider this statement from evolutionist Bill Bryson in his new book, The Body. You could call together all the brainiest people who are alive now or have ever lived and endow them with the complete sum of human knowledge, and they could not between them make a single living cell. Congratulations to all evolutionists on your unmatched faith. In the next paragraph, Bryson refers to life as a miracle. He understands that DNA is needed to make our cells. But what is DNA? He says, your DNA is simply an instruction manual for making you. But how did this instruction manual come to be? Who wrote the code? And get this, it takes protein machines to carry out the instructions to make proteins. How did the first proteins come into being? Now, if life did not arise by chance, then the best inference is that there is a God of intelligence beyond our imagination. And our very existence calls for the question, why? Why do we exist? For what purpose? And would that creator not give us understanding to that purpose? So where might we look for his revelation? Could it be that the marvelous book known as the Bible is the answer? We'll look at the second reason to believe that the Bible is God's revelation in a moment. But I want to remind you of today's free offer, The Bible Fact or Fiction. 
If the Bible is the Word of God, you need to prove it for yourself. So do yourself a huge favor. Pick up the phone, go to our website, or write to the address that will be shown and order your free copy of The Bible, Fact or Fiction. And when I come back in 15 seconds, I'll give you a second important reason to believe that the Bible is God's revelation to mankind. Find real answers, gain hope, and learn the truth faster than ever before. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to TWTV.org Bible. Today on Tomorrow's World, we're looking at the Bible and asking the question whether this book is the invention of misguided men or whether indeed it is God's revelation for mankind. Before the break, I said I would give you a second important reason to believe the Bible is God's revelation. Our first point was reason number one, the author of the Bible is real and you can prove his existence. And number two, fulfilled prophecy proves the Bible is the Word of God. It may surprise you to learn that one-fourth to one-third of the Bible is prophecy. And through the words of this amazing book, one claims to be God Almighty, the one who can foretell history in advance. Notice this challenge found in Isaiah, the 46th chapter, and verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Has God through the Bible accurately predicted the future? Yes, He has. Many easy-to-understand prophecies have already come to pass, such as some found in the book of Daniel. Shortly after taking the throne of the Chaldean, or Babylonian Empire, King Nebuchadnezzar had an unusually realistic dream. In it, he saw an image of a man, and Daniel was called to interpret its meaning. Here's how Daniel described Nebuchadnezzar's image. Daniel 2, beginning in verse 32. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Daniel then explained that the head of gold represented Nebuchadnezzar in his Chaldean kingdom, and that there would be three kingdoms to follow. Notice it in verses 39 and 40. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. History confirms the following four kingdoms. Babylon, Medo-Persian Empire, Greco-Macedonian Empire, and the Roman Empire. The descriptions of these four world powers are given greater detail in Daniel 7 and Revelation chapters 13 and 17. But we won't take time on this program to go into those details. However, in the eighth chapter of Daniel, 
Very specific details are given regarding the relationship between the two middle kingdoms where they are described as a ram and a goat. The ram which you saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. True to this prophecy, Alexander the Great of Macedonia rose up on the Grecian peninsula and overthrew the Medes and the Persians. His empire stretched from Greece to India and south into Egypt. We read further in this prophecy that upon his death in 323 BC, his kingdom will be divided among four of his generals into four separate kingdoms. Daniel 8 and verse 22. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. Well, we have past prophecies that we can look to, and there are far more than most people can imagine. There are other prophecies that are happening right now before our eyes. As we have shown on this program numerous times, Daniel accurately describes the time of the end as being a time of great knowledge and transportation explosions. Notice it in the 12th chapter and verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And there are many, and I mean many, prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. After all, the Bible contains one-fourth to one-third prophecy, and that is a lot of prophecy. There is yet another proof of the Bible that I want to give you today. And it's one that affects you every day of your life. But I want to remind you of today's free offer, the Bible Fact or Fiction. There is a real Creator God who has a plan He is working out here below. And it's revealed in the pages of the Bible. Now, don't believe me or anyone else for that matter just because I or they say it. Prove it for yourself from your own Bible, and our resource, The Bible Fact or Fiction, will help you in your studies. So call today or go to our website for your free copy. And when I come back, I'll give you a third reason to trust that the Bible is God's revelation to mankind. Dive deeper into God's Word with today's free offer. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to TWTV.org Bible. Experience the excitement and fulfillment that comes through a better understanding of God's Word. This offer, backed by the truth of Scripture, will guide you in your study of the Bible. The timeless material is straightforward, easy to understand, and will strengthen your knowledge of this important topic. We want you to understand the truth of Scripture and believe it should never be sold. That is why we are making this available to you absolutely free. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Ten inspiring issues full of news, science, and historical articles will help you make sense of your world through the pages of the Bible. People around the world are turning to Tomorrow's World as their one source for truth, prophecy, and hope. Call now. Welcome back. So far, I've given you two very good reasons to believe the Bible is God's revelation to man. Let's briefly review those two points before going to our third point, a point that you will do well not to reject. The first reason we covered on today's program is 
the author of the Bible is real, and you can prove his existence. Reason number two, fulfilled prophecy proves the Bible is the Word of God. Now for our third reason. Reason number three, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. To put it another way, God knows best how we ought to live our lives. Consider this challenge given in the book of Deuteronomy in the 30th chapter and in verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. That is the challenge set before each and every one of us. But the Bible also reveals something important about our nature. We would rather trust our own judgment than that of our Creator. This point is made in numerous scriptures as well as the recorded history of man. But notice how it is put succinctly in Proverbs, the 14th chapter and verse 12, where it says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. God reveals that there are two ways of life. One leads to all kinds of blessings and life, and the other leads to trouble ending in death. Man's proclivity is to choose the latter. So let's see how the Bible gives us the right way to live. One of the Ten Commandments says very simply, Exodus the 20th chapter, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. Now I've chosen this one because we might all agree that murder and stealing are not good, at least not good for the other person, but rejecting the temptation to commit adultery not only benefits others, but obedience to this command protects the self. Sadly, many in our world violate this command. Most rational people recognize that adultery is a scourge on society that hurts marriages, children, and individuals who commit this sin. As we're advised in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, and in verse 18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Does anyone disagree that sexually transmitted diseases are only one negative result of sexual immorality? These diseases could be wiped out in a single generation if these intimate acts were confined to faithful, monogamous marriage relations. Yet human reason allows for people to argue otherwise against all observable wisdom and facts. One could cite many examples of how God knows best, but I want to focus on another example of God's law as revealed in the Bible, and it's one that the whole world is currently paying a heavy price for rejecting. God, out of loving concern, gave mankind laws of clean and unclean meats. He told us what is good for man to eat, and what is not. The distinction is first mentioned in the flood account where Noah was told to take animals aboard the ark, but not all animals were the same. Notice it in Genesis, the seventh chapter, and verse two. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. This was centuries before Moses. However, the Bible waits until Moses to delineate the differences between clean and unclean. Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14 spell out those differences. 
the majority of mankind rejects these instructions and the result, in one word, coronavirus. The year 2020 will go down in history as the year COVID-19 devastated the lives and economies of individuals and nations. Whether the coronavirus came from a wet market or from a biohazard lab, the origin is the horseshoe bat. Since the 2003-2004 SARS outbreak, this bat and the coronavirus it carries has been studied extensively as it is believed to be the source of that outbreak. However, even though these bats are used in Chinese medicine and at the dinner table in China, these viruses normally have to first infect another animal before they can spread human to human. Popular Science published an article during the SARS crisis in which it stated the following. In theory, SARS leapt from a wild beast to a human when it acquired the molecular keys to gain entry to our cells, explains Michael Lay. To do that, it may have first mingled with a human virus brewing inside another species. A pig, for example, can serve as a genetic mixing bowl when co-infected with two viruses, allowing them to swap genes. The article goes on to make this remarkable statement. The fact that both SARS and most flu viruses originated in southern China is no surprise, says virologist Michael Lay, who believes that the region's social customs of catching and eating wild game expose people to animal viruses. Now consider the profound implications of this. The cause of most flu viruses is known. And if you stop the cause, you stop the flu. Wild game is not the problem, but the kind of wild game is. Note that the bat and the pig are both listed as unclean according to the Bible. So are camels, primates such as monkeys, and other exotic foods eaten in Asia, Africa, and elsewhere in the world. Ebola, MERS, the Nipah virus, the 1918 flu pandemic, COVID-19, and many other diseases are the result of handling biblically unclean meats. While scientists have figured this out, humanity in general has not. We've failed to discover God's revealed truth as shown in the Bible. We think we can reject his revelation and get away with it. So who's smarter? We will do well to respect God's instruction book for mankind. You can prove the Bible to be the word of God. And as we have seen on today's program, reason number one, the author of the Bible is real and you can prove his existence. Reason number two, fulfilled prophecy proves the Bible is the word of God. And reason number three, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. This program is only an appetizer. Our resource, The Bible Fact or Fiction, gives greater evidence. You need to prove whether this remarkable book truly is the Word of God. So I urge you to call, write, or go to our website to order your free copy of The Bible Fact or Fiction. And I hope you will join us here next week and every week at Tomorrow's World, where Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, Rod McNair, and I will share with you the clear teachings of God's Word, what prophecy declares is coming in the days ahead of us, 
and Jesus Christ's gospel of his coming kingdom. Find real answers, gain hope, and learn the truth faster than ever before. All you need to do is call 1-800-236-0531 or go to TWTV.org Bible. People around the world are turning to tomorrow's world as their one source for truth, prophecy, and hope. Call now. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.